coming up episode 51 aka episode one of season two and let's start it off lightly with the highest selling album of all time shall we oh shit that's next Welcome to season two. Woo! I am DL. This is Sven. Sven, starting something Knuts and Sven. How are you tonight? I'm about to be starting something. I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, that's a giant lie. You're, you're but half your family's down, man. <laughs> yeah, two out of four. <laughs> two out of four down with the sickness. I'm not one of the two. Everybody's got this damn crap, man. Half the country, half the people I know, I know that. It's good that it's not, uh, I don't know anybody that's been seriously hurt by this strand. I only know two fatalities and one was someone we went to high school with. We're either going to have to move this out of this out. We can't start season two. With, oh, I know. Here's who died yeah. of COVID. Just tricked you. This is really like a PSA. Season two. two. This is what you're in for. A lot of the same stuff. We're going <laughs> to dissect some years. Check. We're going to dissect some albums. Check. Add some drinking games. Check. Oh, yeah. More evil. More Rachel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're doing a bunch of stuff. Super excited. I feel like we've kind of started to catch our groove. We moved mountains in season one, and now I think we're a little more hip. Yeah. Right? Dude, I'm I'm really stoked for this season, and no spoilers and anything, but like some rumor mill going about some of our upcoming guests this season, and I am super stoked. Yeah. Um, there's some folks I can't wait to talk mm-hmm. to. We're flying really close to the sun on this album, but- yes. um, We really are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is, yeah, I am stoked uh, and it's good to be here. I'm incredibly proud of what we did in season one. I can already tell just based off of the off season when we were all supposed to be off how hard everybody was working. Sven and I have been in the lab creating some other stuff, which how fucking fun is that? Dude, dude? I miss making music with you. It's been something else. Yeah. It's been fantastic. It's been a blast. And I think everything's going really well. And yeah, we're real proud of the stuff that's starting to slowly come together. Our our old drummer Brent is starting to be a part of it. So hopefully we're going to have some things coming out this year. Uh, but we're here for the podcast. Odd. Rachel and Evil are going to be a bigger part of it this year. They've been freaking terrific during the off season. The content that they bring is awesome. I can see that Rachel's starting to give her liver a little bit more of an exercise nowadays. <laughs> I think we've created a monster. <laughs> Mostly still sugar, though. She right? loves her margaritas. <laughs> yeah, it's just margaritas that are half salt yeah salt all over that rim (laughs) yeah very proud of season one but i can see where we can improve vastly on season two and we're all we're all gonna get there even some videos probably later on down the line oh people are gonna have to look at my face we're gonna try to be all of the things youtube whatever i think by season three we're gonna try to hit our stride fully so we'll see how that goes Video killed the radio star. The people are only going to be trying to watch our YouTubes. I'm fine with it. We have such pretty faces. YouTube killed the Spotify star. <laughs> Good. Fuck. I'm so sick of Spotify. Sven. Dave. What are we talking about tonight? 
We are talking about the, I was about to say debatably, but I don't know. It's pretty clear. This is one of, if not the best albums and the sales and awards are there to support. This is a GOAT album. If somebody says what is the pop album of all time, Ah, I think 95% of the population is going to say, eh, it's got to be Thriller, right? Right. You either own this in some form or another, or 75% of it is on your party playlist or so. I don't know. I don't know how many people on earth don't know at least one song. That's at on least this one. Album. And have probably overplayed a bunch of them, worn them out on. Do you own one thriller vinyl, Sven? Have you what? ever faded out a, a vinyl before? Like, just ruined it. Like, you had to buy another one. No. I was going to say, if there would have been one that I could picture you doing it to, it would be Thriller. When I pull this vinyl out, it's like a special occasion somehow. It's like, Oh, really? It, it's, oh, it's in plastic. I'll go listen to it on Spotify for like everyday use when I really want to like, when I want to show off to myself, I'll pull out the vinyl and get <laughs> fancy with it. When I want to remember how awesome I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I want to look at me like I have a pressing. Look at this one. We're dissecting Thriller. We're dissecting the highest selling album of all time. Yeah. Before we start dissecting it, we have a few new season two things to go over. Before we get to the most important part of the night, we got to talk about the fact that we are now incorporating drinking games. Season two, there are drinking rules. I won't go through every rule right now. (laughs) I will hit them in the episode. I will stop and let you know. If Sven has forgotten, I will remind Sven. But the first one that we have to go over is each one of us, evil Rachel, Sven, and DL, have a artist assigned to them that if they mention in an episode, they have to drink. Evils being... Fucking duh. If you don't know what evils is, you need to listen to this podcast more. But Wait, (laughs) does it count if we say it or only if he says it? Only if they say it. Ah. That would suck. That would be mean. (laughs) Sorry, Rachel. As for right now, evils is Van Halen, Rachel's is T-Swift, Sven's is Chuck Mangione, and mine is Prince. These can change at any time. If after three episodes this season, we're like, you know... Sven is fucking mentioning Michael Jackson a lot this year. I think we need to change it to MJ. <laughs> we can do that. But for now, it's Prince, Chuck Mangione, T-Swift, and When do I ever talk about him? Van Halen. Like, like <laughs> yeah. where the hell did that come from? I know I mentioned him. Oh, you do. You do. That much. Oh, you do. <laughs> so yeah, we are going to have drinking games. I've got, I've got a big corner over here of shots just ready for the year. Speaking of that, we need to get to the most important part of the night. What are we drinking tonight? Svend, what you got in your little beer koozie there? Oh, let me reach into the cooler here. The verse course first mascot, Svend's beer cooler. beer cooler. I've got a couple things, actually. The beer I'm about to open is from Payette Brewing right here in Boise, Idaho. Deluminator Doppelbach. Ooh, Doppelbach. It is fantastic, and it rotates. It's an 8% alcohol by volume. And I've had it once on tap in the brewery. This is the first time I'm going to pop a can open. And uh, I am chasing that down with just a little bit of whiskey. Hey, oh, well, what kind of whiskey? Um, Are you still on the Buffalo Trace? The mm, McAllen. That's Scotch, you son of 12. a bitch. It's just the 12. That's the McAllen 12. That was our... So every year I've decided to... I'm going to buy a very nice bottle of Scotch 
And I'm only going to drink it on the nights that I decide that one of the albums we listen to is a 10 out of 10. And I'll, I'll do the picture that I do on Instagram with it and everything. The Macallan 12 is such a fucking good scotch, dude. Mm-hmm. I was, and it's not, I don't remember how much it is. What it like 70 or 80 bucks? Something like that. I don't know. It's something like that. Oh, did you get it as a present? I did. Oh, I, nice. Someone loves me. Well, sorry for whoever loves you. I just told you how much your present was. <laughs> but to me, it tastes like a $130 bottle of scotch. It's really, really, really You know, it's good. one of those like that it's tempting to when someone isn't into scotch or maybe isn't into whiskey or drinking something neat. Mm-hmm. This is something I always feel like, yeah. Try this because I feel like it's a good ease you into the culture and into whiskey. But then I've also done that and then watched someone just slam it back and then went, ah. Do you do rocks? Do you add water at all? Or are you just a straight This is just neat. I usually am a whiskey rocks kind of person. Bourbon, I almost always Mm -hmm. rocks. Yeah. And if it's nasty bourbon, I put a little water in it because why not? (laughs) I change all the time. And I really do. I think it does just depend on the scotch, but I've found myself more recently adding a little bit of water, just extending the life, getting the fragrance out a little bit more. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. Svend is drinking a very, very good drink. So good job and a good Good beer. beer. I haven't had a Doppelbock in a long time. I tried to go on theme. I was trying to think of a good theme drink for Thriller and I've got a Bloody Mary That's... here because of the song Thriller. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit probably when this shit goes down. But the fact that Michael Jackson calls everybody a vegetable at the beginning of this album, yeah. <laughs> Bloody Mary has celery in it. Yeah. So why not? So I'm drinking <laughs> a Bloody Mary <laughs> vodka, Worcestershire sauce. Sure. Wooshy. Yeah, wooshy. Wooshy sauce. Uh, some Tabasco, some tomato juice. Uh, lemon. Instead of doing salt or celery salt, I actually do Old Bay. Ah. I'm a big Old Bay fan. I like yeah. putting Old Bay and stuff. And if you cook a lot of seafood, you always have some of that laying around. Yes. Old Bay. Are you a shit. Bloody Mary guy? I I love all the ingredients that go into a Bloody Mary. I just don't love them together. Ah, okay. A couple times a year, we get together with uh, my in-laws. It's like a big friends and family kind of, well, not the last couple of years, but yeah. it's like a big friends and family thing. And we do a Bloody Mary bar. And I'm the guy that will take a shot of vodka and then I'll have my tomato and everything else all separately. And I will drink them separately, like a deconstructed Bloody Mary. Deconstructed Bloody Mary. With my little salad on the side, like a little side salad yeah. of some like celery and olives Bacon and like pickled. Pickle. We'll do like pickled like vegetables. Yeah. Mm, it's just nice. the whole. I feel like Bloody Marys are very 50-50. People either love them or hate them. I, I think it's the tomato yeah. juice. I think people are very one way or the other on tomato juice. See, and I, I love tomato juice, but when you put the vodka in it, then it's like, I feel they just ruin each other. Oh. Yeah, that's that's it. Double fist. That's what we're drinking tonight. I guess we will go to break. But first, I don't think season two has officially started until I grab this uh-huh. and I crack it open. A brand new bottle of Hennessy for season two. It's, I heard it. Yep. So pour one down for the homies. Let's do a cheers, Sven, to the start of season two and to the success and everyone that helped us with it in season one. Absolutely. Cheers. Cool. That's nice. Oh, that got me. God, that's good, though. All right. I got to stop stalling. I am terrified of this album. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we will be right back. 
are back. Sven and DL thriller. Let's get some. Before we do, we have made a drinking game out of the, the next part of the night. Here are the drinking games. Number one is just the very basic guess each other's favorite song. If you're right, the other person has to drink. And we'll find out at the end, because at the end of these, if you haven't listened to these before, which, what the hell, man, we choose our top three songs on the album. So, Svend, what do you think my favorite song is on Thriller? I really, really, really changed my mind like seven times. I really wanted it to be The Girl Is Mine, and I'm going to be so pissed if if that ad ends up being it, because that's not what I'm picking. <laughs> I'm going with the one right after that, the title track, Thriller. I mean, the song itself, and then also when you add the video, which is like a mini movie, I feel like it speaks to a lot of your aesthetics and mediums. So I'm going that route. But I don't don't know. This fucking album is hard to pick one that you think someone will like because I think that you like more than one. It's goddamn impossible, dude. Yeah. All these songs are just... Especially, okay, so me trying to pick your favorite song. This is just an album full throw dart. of incredibly well-produced, pop-banging, ultimate. Every one of these songs is so right up Sven's alley. Quincy Jones is that- all right. as a pro- I mean, <laughs> he's done some stuff. You're right, though. You could just throw a dart. So what I did is I pictured Sven putting on this vinyl and how happy he would be right when the scratch starts into... So I'm going with Wannabe Starting Something. I'm saying that that is Fenn's favorite song in this album. We will see. Now, here's the other drinking game that comes with picking songs now. And this is going to be in any episode where we dissect albums this year. Rachel, Sven, Evil, and I. Guessing my rating system. So I am the only one on the podcast that consistently does a one out of 10 ranking system. At the end of this, I will pick what number I think this album is. Is it a 10 out of 10, five out of 10? So Sven, what you're going to do is you're going to guess Mm -hmm. my rating. And based on the rating, we're going to take shots. So here's the thing. It's a wager system. You can wager one, two, or three shots. If you wager one shot, if it's within two points, it's a draw. Nobody shoots. If it's within one point, I take a shot. If you're off by more than two points, you shoot. Okay. So it's like if I'm right, you drink. If I'm wrong, I drink. But there's like a two-point margin of error. Yes. We'll explain it if you actually pick two shots. And then it goes to the extreme, which is you can wager three shots. If you wager three shots... Then if you guess the exact ranking that I give, I have to shoot three shots. If you're off by one point, you have to shoot one. And if you're off by two points, you have to shoot two. Gotcha. So what do you think I rated this album? First of all, I got I to gotta start out by saying I wish that I had a different bottle of whiskey <laughs> sitting next to me <laughs> right not, now. A not expensive scotch <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> We'll say that uh, shots can also equate to like a couple chug-a-lugs on a beer. Chug-a-lugs. Yeah. I mean, we were all in college. Yeah. We were all in our 20s. I mean, you and I have played, yeah. what, okay. 10,000 drinking like, games together in our life? Yeah, this is like this <laughs> like is like King, dorm King's rules. King's Cup? Or yeah. Like, yeah, garage party rules. Mm-hmm. So you want me to guess out of 10, 
what I rated it. And then Where, how confident are you with your rating? Are you one shot confident, two shot confident, or three shot confident? I want to be three shot confident, but I don't think I can be. It's a t- but you know what? It's a tough one. That's why it's called gambling. <laughs> I'm going to go three shots. Because you know what? Episode one, season two. Why not? Is a three shot kind of a wager. Get it. Fucking A. Now I've got three shots riding on oh, it. Oh, that's true. And I'm oh, like, you're now oh. you're like, wait, this actually means something. I'm like, wait, that probably would have been within a... I'm going to stick with it because I always screw myself when I change it. You never want to change your bet because you'll be so mad at yourself if it was right. I'm going to be so mad at myself because I know that this should be... Okay, I am going to say a 9 out of 10. It should be a 10 out of 10, but I think you're going to rate it a 9 because I don't think there's any way in hell you're giving a pop album a 10 out of 10 perfect score. You're so damn picky and stingy with these 10s. Even Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, Eddie Van Halen. (laughs) There's like 50 people on the credits for this thing. (laughs) They have like seven people credited with hand claps. Like even with everything that Quincy could throw at this, you're still going to deny the perfect score by one. And that is uh, that choice to me says that you've been doing a podcast with me for a year. (laughs) All right. So we got three shots riding on a nine out of 10 from DL and nine. We'll see what happens. Yeah. If we hit any other barriers on the drinking games, I'll let you know as we go. For those of you that have never listened to this podcast at the end of these, we do some rewards and categories. I'll go through them since it's the beginning of a new season once we get there. But for now, let's talk about Thriller. I am going to go over the basic facts, and I apologize. I hate doing this, and I do this as little as I can on this show. But with an album like Thriller, I basically just have to read off Wikipedia. I'm not literally reading off of Wikipedia, but it's going to be a lot of facts spitted at you quickly. We don't like to do that too much on this podcast. It's just thriller. You have to. You don't have a choice because it just holds so many records in such high esteem. Yeah. Sven, I am sure you know this. I'll take a drink, but Thriller is the highest selling album in the world. It is not the highest selling album in America. Do you know the highest selling album in America? I do not. It angers me as just my feelings on this band, but it is the Eagles greatest hits. That is the highest selling album in America of all time. What? Yeah. Thriller is the greatest hits. Not even like hell's freezes over like the, the, nope. This like their greatest hits compilation. Yeah. I can picture the CD cover or album cover whatever you want to say, in my head. I mean, when I was growing up, every adult that I knew owned it. Desperado. <laughs> it was like the Steve Miller greatest hits mm. with the with the oh, unicorn. Yeah. Every adult every, I knew growing like, up had that one Frampton too. Comes Alive. Everybody fucking yep. owned those. Eagles Greatest Hits is the only one that sold more in America. Eagles, but really? <laughs> Do you think that that will change? Because I foresee other generations coming back to Thriller, especially with vinyl becoming a thing again, you can see Mm -hmm. the vinyl uh, sales starting to increase. I see Thriller being sold way more in the future than the Eagles greatest hits. Yeah. I want, do you think that at all? No, I think, okay. So Eagles greatest hits, like I wouldn't call it timeless. I could see it coming in waves, resurging, resurfacing, but not timeless. I love this. I love that you are now the classic rock enemy. I, no. <laughs> Early in season two, I'm, I'm clear. <laughs> Don't pin that tail on this donkey. I'm not nothing against classic rock, but I mean, it's <laughs> fucking Eagles. Again, Agreed. it's not that I don't like the Eagles, but 
this is we're talking thriller. And back then, cultural significance. Yeah. I mean, as the future comes, different cultures are buying albums and vinyl and stuff. The white dude rock of the Eagles is going to decrease in sales whilst shit like thriller is only going to get more of, I I think. Okay. Like everyone probably shied away from Michael in general for like a decade, which I'm actually going to touch on later on in this episode. Well, we won't dive into it right now for obvious reasons. Yes. But I think like at this point, it's kind of, kind of moving past that. And, and I think the art and the artists, behaviors maybe it's now separable just the influences and a lot of the stuff that is starting to come out is going back to a lot of the same sounds and a lot of the same hell yes like how many things on this album are not just influenced but you recognize everything from little beats to the way that things are mixed i don't know this it has changed a lot about pop music. It hasn't come out yet, but either bonus episode three or four, I talk about listening to, I think The Weeknd is on you and Rachel's playlist, mm-hmm. which is, I love that Weeknd album. It's a really, really good album, but it's fucking Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. Anything Weeknd or Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, yeah, exactly. It's Michael Jackson, dude. You can tell producers was like, so you know, kids these days don't really know Thriller or Bad or anything like that. So let's just fucking do that. Yeah. And it'll be a whole new thing. All those songs, particularly The Weeknd, has such a very early Michael, mm-hmm. like such a Michael sound. It's crazy. And if you listen to both those artists' voice, you listen to the vocals, it's that same range. And same thing with Bruno. Bruno's got that like crazy high. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard Bruno Mars do Michael covers, he knocks them out. And there's times that I think you would be challenged to A, B comparison, Bruno okay, like covering Michael figure out which and ones. Michael singing his own songs. and It's huge, just massive influence. So at the height of Thriller's popularity, MTV would run the Thriller music video, which is a 14-minute video, twice an hour. Yeah, so, that's nuts, so right? Thriller was literally... of MTV. (laughs) And it premiered on MTV, right? It did. Uh, Except for all the Canadians that got to watch it first. Yes. Yeah, which we're going to talk about that a little bit later on too, about it premiering on MTV and how it got to MTV. The album broke down tons of racial barriers in the music industry, beat it, making it onto MTV and white radio, essentially because the managers were saying, you're missing out on the greatest album of all time. And Eddie Van Halen was at the height of his power and him having a solo on there was basically guaranteed quote unquote white radio play. Oh, wait till we, yeah. I heard a story about Beat It. When we Ooh. get when we get down to talking about the tracks, there's so many stories just about the making of this album too. Some of them yeah. probably just rumor and lore. Some of them Yeah, so much myth behind yeah. the making of this. November 1982 by Epic Records, produced by Michael and Quincy Jones. They had worked together before. <laughs> yes. Oh, that. <laughs> At this point, they were like Quincy was like very like very the much father. Michael never had. They had nicknames for each other. I I heard he called him Smelly because Michael didn't like to cuss. Yeah. So he would like instead of saying that that fucking sucks, he would say, "Oh, that's Smelly." <laughs> and so like Quincy just latched onto that, started calling Michael Smelly because that was his cuss word. He's like, "Hey, there's Smelly," and you can <laughs> you can find like those backstage clips or like behind the scenes clips and you'll hear like Quincy walk up to him like okay you ready Smelly 
That's funny. Like, think about it, this is the biggest and fucking pop a, star in the t- world. There are a ton of people on this album, but the only official guest appearance is Paul McCartney on The Girl Is Mine. This was still a time when disco was really popular. Mm-hmm. I really think that they had just sniffed out that disco was kind of starting to go under and wanted to like a variation a bit. Yeah. Because it's got this weird disco feel, but something new. Yeah. Some new pop version of disco. I know disco was in their face and he was trying very hard to not do disco. There's a quote. Actually, one of the recording engineers, it was on a a documentary about the making of Thriller even. One of the recording engineers said that as they're talking about like Quincy just didn't want to do the disco thing. Everyone's doing disco. We got to get out from that. We really need a sound that no one's heard before. So day one, right? The first song that they recorded was with Paul McCartney, right? The Girl is Mine. It started April 14th, 1982 at noon. Quincy Jones walks into the studio and everyone's just sitting there like, waiting for him Mm -hmm. everyone turns looks at him and he says all right we're here to save the recorded music industry and that's how they started the session (laughs) that and then they went to work you're spot on when like he knew disco was about to go out and they needed something that would last quincy was insane i think the amount of songs he sifted through they started out with 800 songs and he whittled it down to nine then they threw four of them out and had to replace those to come up with this actual album it was an interesting time because it was pretty normal back then to if you look at all the writing credits a lot of it is michael and quincy but it was normal back then for other writers to just send songs so you will see random writers on this Mm -hmm. and it's because it was normal back then for people to just send songs to quincy jones and michael jackson and they just just sift through them and be like yep okay we'll do that one that one's ours now Stuff like that isn't a big thing anymore, but yeah. back then it was it was totally normal. I mean, if you look at the credits, all of the major songs, you know, Thriller, Beat It, they're all written by Michael and Quincy. The other ones, the like Human Nature and Pretty Young Thing and stuff, I don't have them in front of me, so I don't want to say specific, but at least like four of them are written by somebody else yep. that just sent them a song yeah. and they just picked it. Sven, do you know which album that this knocked off of number one. So when this album hit Ooh. number one, which album did no, it knock off? I don't know its predecessor. Um, Men at Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sven, do you come from a land down I under? I mean, as much as I love a couple of tracks on that record, uh, yeah. Careful. I love Men at Work. <laughs> Sven, give us some initial thoughts from you on this album. We're going to converse back and I mean, forth, I'm, but give me an initial take from you on this. I'm a huge Michael fan, just in general. Mm-hmm. This wasn't my first exposure to Michael. I was born five months before the Thriller video was released. By the time I was old enough to appreciate pop music, I got introduced to Michael through the album Bad and the music video for Bad. Fell in love with that. Thriller came a good, about a year after that. Billie Jean. What year? Okay, wait. What year did Michael Jackson play the Super Bowl? Do you remember that? 93. Okay, so it was 1993. So a little bit further than I thought. But like, I remember he did Billie Jean. Wait, time out. Sven, do you know who was playing guitar for Michael Jackson in the 1993 Super Bowl? I do. Jennifer Batten. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that you know who that was. I'm just going to leave that name there for a little bit of 
foreshadowing. You know what's kind of fun uh, for the future of this. Uh, fun <laughs> fun side note is that someone at my elementary school started a rumor that that was actually his bodyguard and not actually a guitar player. <laughs> that it was really? somebody playing along to a backing track. Yeah, solo like <laughs> Eddie Van Halen was. It was just That's someone hilarious. was like, yeah, that was kind of a fun rumor. So anyway, nineteen ninety three, he performed at the Super Bowl. And there were songs that I, it didn't click. I didn't realize like, oh shit, that's the same guy. And Billie Jean was one of those songs. Well, you're young. Yeah, I was super young. And then he did the freaking moonwalk. And I was like, what is that? Because he didn't do that, the Bad Album and a lot of the other, like I didn't see a lot of concert footage at that age. He, he didn't, didn't do YouTube. the moonwalk he like that No, often. he didn't. That was kind of like- At his performances when he did it, it was it was three seconds and yeah. it was done. Yeah. And it's not like he used it as a crutch or anything. No. He, he did not do and the moonwalk And it's only on Billy much. Jean. And it's only, yeah, like that, yeah. that really brief, he'll do it like once across the stage and then he's done and that's it. Anyway, when I saw that, I was like, what the F is that? And where can I see more of that? And what was that song? Where did that come from? I was fascinated. I got into Jackson 5, started mm-hmm. as years went by. I kept coming back to the life of Michael Jackson and how he got to where he was and learning about his whole childhood. I it just It's fascinating. Yeah, it was so mm-hmm. fascinating. Because it was a life that I could only imagine. Didn't picture like kids can do that and then also i wanted to be michael jackson for so many years uh, as a kid like i practiced my moonwalk i had my high water pants that didn't go all the way down with the white socks and the black dress shoes i i fell in love so you're a fan i don't even remember what the freaking question was when we (laughs) first started talking i started telling stories this album actually even though it was like cherry picked songs that weren't written all together at Mm -hmm. the same it does kind of follow a story and it has a narrative and it actually blends really well from start to finish like Quincy Jones knew how to make a fucking album man dude he knew Quincy how to pick knew songs. what he had with Michael yeah. and I think this is the one where he sat down and he was like okay it's time to make the greatest album I've ever gonna make right? I really think that's what he did I, I mean Thriller it transcended genre it changed the entire music industry completely it changed culture it's responsible for any of the this album is a masterpiece artists before now the thought of having like seven hit songs on an album was fucking absurd nobody did anything like that yeah and then after this it's like okay you you want to have an amazing album then you better write you know you better be springsteen or even the bands like Def Leppard then were like, okay, so every single song has to be ridiculously good there was so much more filler in a lot of albums before Thriller. Yeah. On top of that, not only like picking the songs and the songs were written and recorded and performed, Quincy Jones, as you know, has that reputation of just like another take, another take, another take, waiting for the perfect take. And then he'll get the perfect take and say, yeah, that sounds so awesome. Good job. We got the perfect take. Can you do one more? He's that kind of a guy. Yeah. And you and I work on stuff like this. I know you probably wish I was a little more Quincy with you. I don't know. I can't be a Quincy. <laughs> Plus, nobody has enough to be time a Quincy to do that. Jones. Michael's not a slacker. So the fact that Quincy's got him like wearing him out, exhausting him with like one more take, one more take, one more take. Like that says something about how it absolutely totally does. like perfectionist he is. After all the song changes and everything, they finally get all the songs. 
they do the first pressing, <laughs> listen to it. Uh, they go into the other room and all cry about how much it sucked. And so then they spend a week per song. One week per song. Michael and Quincy. the entire freaking thing. Just going through everything. Holy shit. I heard Michael cried when he heard it and didn't like it. He went into the other studio across the hall and cried and they all came. It was, they set their goals so high. They did. And I think that's why it changed it did. It saved the music industry. The music industry was fucking dwindling. People were tired of disco. People weren't buying albums anymore. They were just listening to the radio. They didn't care. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this comes out and there's just truckloads of vinyl going out into the entire world. It just wasn't a thing until now. I think a big, big part of that had to do with the fact that this was the first black marketing campaign in music that wasn't just for Jet and Ebony magazine. It was MTV. Yeah. It was targeted to white people which no black artist had really ever been done before. Quincy was smart. There's another story about the song selection. They get done, and this was after they like tossed out four of the songs, replaced them with PYT, and I can't remember the other two. Pretty Young Thing, Human Nature, and... There you go. What's the last song? Lady in My Life, maybe? Yeah, The Lady in My Life. And they were still missing one. They had eight songs, and Quincy's like, we need one more. And it needs to be like a rock song. And so then what? Michael goes into the other room and writes, beat it. And then comes back with that. They throw lyrics on the track. It's Quincy Jones. Guy can have whatever, right? Pull in whoever. And he's like, hmm, let's just call the greatest rock guitar player of all time right now. And then Eddie Van Halen shows up and Quincy's like, I'm not going to tell you what to play. You're the guitar player. And Eddie just like, ripped it i think he did like two or three takes that to me is still one of the most iconic guitar solos he knew it he knew that it was gonna be he eddie did it for free he didn't charge them yeah because he knew he knew that this was going to be massive oh i love that i think it's weird the way that they start this album out not bad just not want to be starting something i see starting an album with that but then going into baby be mine and the girl is mine it's such a Odd two, three to me. Yeah, two and three are, I think, the ones. And then Lady in My Life are the three songs that I feel, I'm not going to say they don't fit. I'm not one to question Quincy Jones. (laughs) But they're odd placements. They're the three that I've all, they're the three that I play the least. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I feel like it was more like, let's take the title and these titles fit together next to each other going from The Girl Is Mine to Thriller, and then it sets up Beat It a little bit, Well, sort of. Thriller into Beat It into Billie Jean into Human Nature into Pretty Young Thing. That's like, yeah. that's one of the best Those fucking are... power five. It's just weird to me that they go, want to be starting something, and then they kind of, they just ease off for two songs. It's like, what the hell? It's just not an album structure I'm used to at all. Yeah, having the two be all mellow instead of like, if you're going to start off that strong with song one, like, your two's got to follow up pretty hard, but they, yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah, I the get they letting off. off a teeny bit with two, but then typically when artists do that, song three is the yeah. punch you in the face song. And it's, it was really, it's, it's odd, but if Thriller wasn't number four, it wouldn't have worked. Because I, yeah, I think you're right. By that time, your, your ear is like, I need something. And you don't just get something, you get a Edgar Allan Poe craziness like dark narrator into the story and then like 
this horror soundtrack. Which, who thinks into, of that? Who thinks holy, of the song that Thriller is? Who thinks of making this like Michael, horror film right? song with Vincent Price the, coming? The guy that has the craziest like imagination of a kid for his whole like yeah. life. His imagination never grew up. Which I guess that's kind of a good segue because I am going to talk a little bit about I I don't want to do the thing where we just ignore the ugly parts. If I'm going to listen to this stuff, I'm going to buy Michael Jackson albums and talk about Michael Jackson and discuss his music. I don't think it's fair to ignore or not acknowledge Mm -hmm. the artist issues that have happened, good or bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we're still talking about it. And this isn't me defending our decision to talk about it or defending Michael Jackson. This is not me apologizing or apologizing for Michael Jackson. It's just acknowledging that, yeah, this guy may or may not have done terrible things. I'm not here for the did he or did he not, because it's a cliched thing to say, but I really honestly do believe, even though I know that the justice system in America is fucking terribly flawed, innocent until proven guilty, and he was never found guilty of anything. The man is dead. Nothing was proven. The cases are closed. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying that he did or didn't do anything and people should leave him alone. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm more saying that I don't know enough about this to have that debate. I will leave that to the people that that know more about the the facts. I don't know it. And I don't have the interest of finding it out to be honest especially since it doesn't seem like anybody else does i don't know him i don't know his victims if there were victims so i don't feel bad talking about this album if you look at some of his actions the second half of his life there's definitely some questionable choices questionable moments company that he kept sleepovers he he Opened the door. He made weird, terrible decisions. All sorts of scrutiny. He was a ruined individual. Very much so. Which that also begs the question. And that's what I'm, that's I think what I'm. I'm, Pop stars ruin us or do we ruin pop stars? His whole fucking life, Michael Jackson was doomed from birth. Thanks to who his father was, what his father did to him, his stardom from being that young. There was not a day of fucking normalcy in this man's life. Not a day. Not a single day. And nobody stops and thinks about that. This this man never had a normal day in his life. Not one. Nobody cares about that. I don't know. I, we, I think that he's just as much of a victim as, as anybody. Uh, this is one of those classic examples of abuse begets abuse. Yeah. Like, it, it's a cycle. And not that one excuses the other, but... That's what happens, and I think that's why we all have to be really careful in our lives and how we treat other people, especially young people, because you never know what you're creating and what they're going to grow up to be. Yeah. That said, like without some of those same abusive characters in his life, he would not have become the pop star and musical influence and, and have the impact that he did. Yeah, did abuse do a lot of harm yes did abuse also probably make him the success he was yes is it right i don't think it's our job to 
decide. I think everybody gets to make up their own mind about how they feel about that. Even if it's not our job, we fucking listen to his music. We we yeah. played a part in that abuse that his dad had on him because ev- yeah. all of us love the fucking Jackson Five. You're th- yeah. like, I have Jackson Five albums, so I can't. I have no room to. I don't know. It's that's yeah. feeding into the abuse. That abused him. Yeah. It's the same thing as Britney Spears. Every time that Absolutely. somebody went to a Vegas show, yeah. they were feeding the abuse. Yeah. I think you could draw parallels between those two stories in some ways. Definitely some. Yeah, we're not going to get into that because there's there's a whole no. bunch of hate mail that'll come our way. Yeah, and I, I don't. All I'm saying is that I don't know. Right. And I don't feel bad talking about this. If you think that we should write us let us know i would i am i would love to have conversations about this yeah if you have something to add that we haven't thought of fuck write us tell us Mm -hmm. we'd we'd love to we'd love to talk about it right yeah there's so many layers (laughs) but yes yeah would definitely love to talk about it i mean like we could even get into the whole his appearance and why the need for all the plastic surgery and what was what mentally what state of mind are you in what what do you actually feel about yourself and what's your self-esteem really like when you feel like you're constantly chasing this image that you can never be that you have to keep altering yourself surgically there's so many psychological rabbit holes to dive into when it comes to michael jackson yeah it sounds like you feel pretty similar to me yeah that it's there's no right answer there's no what you're supposed to or not supposed to do this is all fucking muddy and to me personally anybody that thinks they know exactly what we should or shouldn't be doing i just don't how can you know that yeah that's i just didn't i'm not gonna ignore that shit when we're talking about artists i'm not gonna do it i don't think it's fair to people that we do that there have been a couple people that when when we talked about michael jackson before Oh, I brought Michael Jackson up when Rachel and I were talking about K-pop. There were a couple of people that were like, should you be talking about him? Should you not? And it really got me thinking, well, should we be talking about them or should we not? And then, wait, what? why the fuck shouldn't we? It exists. Do we just pretend none of the musical history is there? Yeah. If you have the answers, let us know because we we don't. That's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Um, To me, that's thriller. Genre-changing complete music industry altering yeah. poppiest pop album ever it impacted so many freaking genres r&b not artists genres yeah. r&b yes. rock funk you got like human nature which is like what adult contemporary it's just it's thriller man <laughs> it's thriller we're going to leave it at that if you guys want to write us maybe we'll we'll do a dissecting Michael someday and we'll get a panel on and we'll have, you know, four or five people can share some varying opinions. I would absolutely love that. That's Thriller. We're going to get back with some really good awards and categories. Uh, We're going to take a break. Thank you. Shots. Season two. Be right back. Blast whiskey. That's the kind of whiskey you shoot. Oh, yeah. We are back. Sven's got his flask at the ready. Uh, We've got our booze because this is the point in time where shots will be taken. We usually start out with what we call the David Crosby Meh Award. It is where... 
DL goes and finds bad reviews on Amazon, which are usually hilarious. For Thriller, though, as you can imagine, they are either A, about how bad the vinyl is that you buy at Amazon, because don't buy fucking vinyl from Amazon, you idiots. Or B, it's one star, this guy is a monster. Yeah. There weren't any funny Damn, Amazon reviews. I thought there would be. I was hoping there'd be some bad takes, but I couldn't. I looked for a solid hour and I couldn't find anything. Let's get into the awards and categories. Some of these are new for all you first seasoners. So I'm going to start it off. I'll explain each and every one this time, but this is the only time. So you better fucking listen. Listen. Starting off in honor of one of the deaths from last year, we have the DMX Award. What? Exactly. Thank you. What made this band or artist or project unique? That is the DMX Award. Uh, My, I mean. Fuck. LOL. It was the (laughs) first new age MTV pop album. Right. It's the pop album. The records it holds. The record that this record has recorded. Yes. The uniqueness is that it is the, yeah, the best of the best. It is the Wayne Gretzky. It is the Michael Jordan. It is the MJ of pop albums. It's the MJ. (laughs) You get, yeah. Underrated, overrated, or properly rated. Hmm. There are two different sections of this. There's was it overrated, underrated, or properly rated in its time and current versus now, huh? To me, currently and in its time, properly rated in that it's massively rated. It's thriller. Yeah, it's thriller. It is the yardstick that you measure everything else to, at least with commercial success, right? For sure with commercial success. Well said. If you're gonna measure an album's success, it's like how close to thriller can you touch it? Yes. I feel like it has dipped currently. Oh, maybe not so much currently, currently, but like in contemporary times in the last... Well, because people are starting to bite off of it. It took a little dip and then now I think it's resurging again. I'm like, what Halloween party have you gone to that you didn't hear? Well, for sure, Thriller, like the title track, but probably one or two other ones. I do hope it builds back up in popularity because I really do think that all the younger people that are listening to things like The Weeknd and Bruno Mars, check this out. You would fucking love this. Go listen to Michael Jackson. Well, for sure. The next one is Influences and Influencees. That's another LOL. Mm -hmm. It influenced every major album subsequent. Mm-hmm. Anybody that was trying to come out with the the perfect album realized that oh we don't have to have three hits we have to have seven now we have to we, ha- yeah. we have to have a full album that's great no more filler exactly which I think that is one of the many ways that this album saved the music industry yeah you can't just take your time writing two hits and then come out with whatever each song needs to be really fucking good and just sonically this album it sounded different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's something about the quality of audio. Yeah, what a pain in the ass it must have done because you think about the technology they had back then <laughs> yeah. to get it to sound that fucking good. Influences, I'm gonna say disco. Yes. In a very because much. they they tried so damn hard to not make a disco album. That was the influence. It was disco was there and it made Quincy steer the whole project away. Yeah. While still keeping it pop. Disco was kind of, I mean, it's the sound of pop at that time. Yeah. You hear the transition in Michael from rock with you. I mean, that's very, very disco. You can hear that transition because it's still, some of these songs sound a lot like that, but you can hear where they're trying to move it from the very typical disco beat 
yeah. to this, and it works. It works perfectly. Nothing against Off the Wall. I was a huge fan of that album, too. Which, that was the album that came before that Quincy Jones also worked on with That him. Quincy, yeah. And like you said, it did have that rock with you. Get on. It was a disco album. It was. Got, get on the floor. Don't stop till you get enough. You know, like all the. They probably could have pumped out another one of those so fast. Yes. But instead, they slaved over Thriller. Thank God. Damn. Nevermind the Bullocks Award. So the Nevermind the Bullocks Award is this the band's best album? Is it even close? I named it this because to me, the Sex Pistols are a major band, but Nevermind the Bullocks is by far their best album with another one not even close. So we call this the Nevermind the Bullocks Award. Basically, is this the band's best album and is it even close? Sven, is this Michael Jackson's best album? Yes and no, because the most commercially successful, if you look at just like the mm-hmm. stats, if you're that kind of a person, hands down. Yeah. Fuck yes. yes. The only reason I'm like, yes, no, is that there's a soft spot in my heart for a couple of the later albums that I don't want to dive into right now. I know that we're at some point going to do a MJ dissection. And we'll do the other albums, too. So I think Michael Jackson is the, if not very close to the favorite artist of Sven. And much like... Artists like if I'm talking to Alice in Chains, I'm going to savor it. I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about every album and dissect it and stuff. Sven doesn't want to blow his load on, <laughs> on this one. That's my favorite saying. I have to say it at least one season. You don't have to say what your favorites are. And I get what you're saying. I feel the same. I am not ready yet to say if this is his best album. I can tell you it's not my favorite. I can tell you he's not coming out with any more. Well, those posthumous <laughs> albums, Sven. He's you not, never know. He's not Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> His family's not still out there digging up shit that, <laughs> that, that wasn't released. Yeah. Actually, maybe they are, and they just can't get the rights to them. I guess the answer to this is we're not ready to, mm. to answer it, mm-hmm. but we will. John Paul Jones Award. So this award is if you can add, replace, or take away anybody on this album, mm-hmm. who would it be? Do you have a John I mean, Paul Jones for this? The reason I, I named it that because to me, John Paul Jones, who every, hopefully you know who John Paul Jones, musician for Led Zeppelin, who's done tons of other shit. To me, he is the epitome of a musician that is in a band to make it better. You don't single him out as listen to that solo, look at that thing. He's just anything he touches is going to be gold as long as he's a part of it. I don't, because again, I'm not going to question Quincy, Quincy Jones on this one. And if they needed something else, he had the freaking resource to get it. If it existed at the time, he would have had it on the album. Fucking called Eddie Van Halen for a last minute song, for Christ's sake. And it went okay. Like, <laughs> he would have gotten anything that was available. <laughs> so I guess, yeah. I like it. I do have a John Paul Jones award. Oh, and fuck you. It is kind of going to be a spoiler for something down the road. So I'm just going to give my answer and then we'll talk about it more later on down the road. But my Jean-Paul Jones award is take out Paul McCartney. I don't think that he should have been Mm. in this album. Okay. Now that you say that, you know who I think they should have gotten? Who? Any of his brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Jermaine. Let's get Jermaine on the track. It would have been like brother versus brother fighting over a girl. Actually, that would have been good. You're right. Would have. That would have been cool. Fuck, hey. I like I that. I don't know. Big Jan- Janet. 
I mean, well, how old was Janet at this point? They could fight over a girl. Yeah, hell yeah. More on that later. <laughs> a new- <laughs> oh fuck! What's wrong with me? <laughs> a new award for season two. This is the Teach Them Young Award. It's time to start teaching that niece or nephew about music. You have one song on this album to say, hey, if you want a taste of this, you got this one song. Not necessarily your favorite, not necessarily even the best, just this is it. When I introduced this to my three and my Mm five-year-olds, it was definitely track one, Want to Be Starting Something. Really? I feel like you can take that song in without having to comprehend any lyrical context. True. And it's danceable. And I've got two little energetic boys that need to get energy out. They love to dance. They listen to it all the time. Yeah, get them into it. They they love their at least a little bit of Michael that I've given them. My answer is Thriller. If 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 I if I've got to go get Michael Jackson Thriller, turn on the song Thriller. It's gonna change your life. Dude, my kids would have nightmares. Wusses. Um, <laughs> the John Popper Award. This is the best hook. Mm-hmm. The best hook on the yeah. album. See what I did with the John Popper and the thing, Svend. What is the John Popper Award? What is your favorite hook on this? Billie Jean Baseline is the hook with the little bump, bump. Yeah. Bump. Did you know that like when they were doing the whole, the whole giant We Are the World, like, you know, every mm-hmm. celebrity at the time yeah. recording that fucking thing and they were all hanging out together. Michael walked up to Daryl Hall from Hall and & Oates and was like, hey, man, I hope you don't mind that I, I ripped off no can do. Daryl Hall, what What are you talking about? Yeah, for Billie Jean. Shit, really? Daryl found absolutely, yeah, I mean, not, I wouldn't say absolutely no connection, but he's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, the groove is the same. You listen to it, I can see where Michael drew some inspiration. He didn't rip it off. He went up, you know, I hope you don't mind, I, I used, <laughs> yeah, but he didn't, he didn't use it. In this day and age where it seems like everybody's suing somebody for like copyright infringement and you stole my song and you, you yeah. copied oh, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is one of those where it's like it's the difference where like Michael drew inspiration, but it's not stealing. I'll have to check that out. Hmm. Mine is similar, but it's not the same song. Mine is kind of a two-parter. It's the kind of bell tones at the beginning of Beat It. And then, of course, the guitar riff. The I mean, that comes on and it's like everybody knows exactly what it is. And if you're in a bar, everybody's going to be dancing. That's secretly one of my favorite songs to I have the drumless track of it. That is one of my favorite things to throw on and play drums to. It's just it's fun. Is it 120 beats per minute? Dude. <laughs> this is another new one for season two. This is the John Prine Best Lyric Award uh, in honor of one of my favorite ever lyricists, John Prine, who passed away. For me, Best Lyric, I'll start this one. It's very, very easy to me. It is the credited as rap in the album liner notes. Of Vincent Price. If you play with the definition enough, especially back then, I guess, spoken word, rap. I didn't know. They probably didn't know what to cut. Yeah. Uh, She told my baby we danced till three. Then she looked at me and showed a photo. My baby cried. His eyes were like mine. 
Because we danced on the floor. On the floor. In the round. In the round. There's a lot of parts of Billie Jean. I like the lyrics in that song. I like it. I mean, that whole concept of being a famous person and being constantly in fear of being caught in some sort of thing like that, I would be terrified. The way that he told that story is very, yeah, I don't know. Next award, pretty funny one, and probably not very hard. Ah! I think we all know what we're going to pick. Yeah. So the next award is the Eddie Van Halen Award for best <laughs> riff or solo on the album. Okay. I think you I have to tell everyone that like, if you're just tuning in on season two and you miss season one, this really is what this award was called all of season one. This award has always been the Eddie Van Halen <laughs> Award. And so Sven, is the rule that if Eddie Van Halen's on the album, it has to be Eddie Van Halen? I don't know if it's a rule, but it fucking makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not picking someone. I'm else. not picking it. That's what. A, yeah. <laughs> okay. Duh. So Eddie, Eddie Van Halen wins the Eddie Van Halen award. Nice job, Eddie Van Halen. So evil. You are so lucky. You're not doing this. episode oh, with us. This would have been an Eddie Van Halen episode. <laughs> In retrospect, why the fuck? We should have had evil on. He would have, he would have had to take 17 shots by now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Surfer Rosa award. So this award is based on how albums are constructed. Is it a B-side album? Is it a top-heavy album? Is it weak in the middle? It was named this because I personally think that Surfer Rosa by the Pixies is one of the most well-structured albums I've ever heard. It's been. Is this a Surfer Rosa it's award? It's easier to count how many songs did not <laughs> set records and win Grammys. Yes. Frick. It's just banger after banger. <laughs> it's not even... Yeah. There is no... There's no, you can't do Surfer Rosa Award with this. You I really mean, can't. That was, that's what it's engineered um, to. And we've been, I mean, no filler. There's no filler. Speaking of no filler, here's an interesting one then. Time of Your Life Award. Mm-hmm. Time of Your Life Award, I named. Because you hate Green Day so much. This is for the worst song on the album because I hate the song. Uh, it's not even Time of Your Life. What's the real Good name? Riddance. Good Riddance. Good Riddance. The name of the actual song is Good Riddance. But anyway. Something unpredictable. It is. It's something unpredictable. But But in in the the end, end, it's right. (laughs) Okay, so Sven, what is the worst song on this album? Oh, by the way, before you answer. I'm going to have to take shots. If we both have the same answer, we have to shoot. Oh, you're never going to pick this one. Okay, let's hear I want to say Human Nature because Mm. not that it's like the worst written song, but it is the most annoying song when I hear it come on anywhere because if you're going to put it on a playlist or in a broadcast out of this whole album why the fuck do you pick that song (laughs) that's what drives me nuts i don't understand the popularity of human nature compared to everything else i got you i'd rather listen to every other song on this than that is what you're saying right well we don't have to take a shot because that's not my least favorite song on the album my least favorite song is the girl is mine i cannot stand especially the talking part where they go back and forth using doggone in a song (laughs) don't ever use doggone yeah i don't like that song i don't i get why they did it it's it's (laughs) fucking paul and michael oh my god it's so bad let's get to some of the good stuff baby Sven, let's talk about our three favorite songs on the album. Now, drinking rules for this, Ooh. and it's an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. If we have, and it doesn't have to be in a particular order, but if we have 
the same three songs as our favorites, we have to take three shots. Yeah, there's no way. I don't think so either. Yeah. So Sven, what is your third favorite song from Michael Jackson's Thriller? Clocking in at number three for me is Thriller. My third favorite is Beat It. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. I love the beat of Beat Mm -hmm. It. And I do love me some Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Sven, what is your second favorite song? Beat it. Uh, beat it. It's beat it. Beat it. All right. My second favorite song on this is Billie Jean, which means, why are you giving me the eyebrow? Which means that both of the songs that we picked for each other are still up in the air. And which means we may be uh, taking shots if we guessed each other's. Did I guess yours? What's your favorite song on this album? Billy Jean. God damn it. I am so surprised that Wannabe Starting Something isn't on your top three. Thriller, Beat It, Billy Jean. It's like we don't even know each other. <laughs> um, you're going to love this. And I swear to God, this happens all the time with us. Fucking polar opposites here. <laughs> but it's funny because we both think the same things about this album. But you know what my favorite song on this album is, Sven? Oh, fuck. My favorite song on this album is Human Nature. <laughs> On the one hand, I'm so relieved I don't have to take a whole shit ton of shots. But on the other yeah. hand, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I have loved that song so much for so long. When we were going insane, going crazy in the Navy, like up on the flight deck, uh, suddenly one person would randomly just start going, why? I, why? And everybody would just start cracking. I just, I love that song. I listen to it all the time. Human nature. I don't get it. It's it's totally not the style of song that I would usually like on an album. This sounds like a like a moment in life kind of a thing, and less like the actual song. But maybe not. It's a good song. Yeah, it is a great song. I will defend with my life the song "Human Nature" by Michael Jackson. It is such a good song. (laughs) I mean, it is. It is. It's just fucking annoying. So no shots had to be taken for no we didn't choose the same worst songs. We didn't choose the same three best songs. Woo. So let's get to something that has nothing to do with shots. Just one of our final things we have to do. And that is who won the album. It can be anything. It could be a band member, producer, song, person, time of life. Sven, who won yeah. this album? Dude, this is easy. Quincy Jones. Who you're going to pick fulfilled what he said they were setting out to do. The recorded music industry was saved. They did it. They saved the fucking music industry. They honestly did. Who knows what would have happened to it, but this was the turning point. Yeah. Who won this album for me? MTV. They Mm -hmm. did not deserve this album. They didn't. They weren't weren't going to play it at all. It wasn't on their radar until people came and basically begged them to play it. And then it completely made MTV the thing. MTV was mm-hmm. music for fucking 15 years after this because of this album. So MTV, you're fucking welcome. You didn't deserve it, but you got it. Ah, and then Carson Daly. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing to do, Sven. Uh-oh. Rate this Shots. album. Sven, mm-hmm. what do you rate this album? I have a very scientific method for you rating You always this. have. And yes. Did you draft an equation in your off season? I did. Okay, so I am giving Thriller a 583 out of 647 wow. bubbles. 
in my beer. You should have just left it at Bubbles. Bubbles would have been funny. Bubbles. I would quit. Do you think this is your favorite album of all time, Sven? Of all time? Yeah. Oh. I don't think I could say it's all time. Okay. I, I don't say, know the, I could. To be that, to like 580 out of a 640, it can't be your favorite album of all time. Because I question that coming into this. It's about 90% almost exactly. Ah. Uh, which is almost 9 out I of I gotcha. All right. So let's get to my rating. We remember what we wagered. Sven went all out first episode of the season. He wagered three shots on me guessing a nine out of a 10, which means. And you can't see. I'm I'm holding the flask up. I'm fully prepared. He's, he's prepared. ready to go. If he guessed between one. So if it was if I give it an eight or a 10 out of 10, he has to shoot one. And if I gave it a seven or lower, mm-hmm. Sven has to shoot two. Well, Sven, oh, unfortunately, I gave it nine out of 10 Ooh. pop bangers. Mm. Sorry, Paul McCartney, but you cost Michael Jackson a perfect 10 and you cost me three shots. Oh. So Sven, you got it right on the nose. Nine out of 10. Cheers, my man. I'm not leaving you hanging. I got you. But I'm just taking one shot. Because I don't know what's in this flask. <laughs> How old's the flask? Holy shit. That's definitely not just one kind of alcohol. Oh, really? <laughs> so I just took three shots of Hennessy. Don't you have one of those? Sven took So mystery. like our family, we have a flask that every time we have to go out snowshoeing or somewhere out in the cold, we just add to mm. it, not knowing what the contents were I have were a golf previously. bag flask, but I don't do that. I'm pretty sure this is like some combination of like tequila, whiskey, vodka. Oh my God, you're going to die <laughs> tonight. Well, that's it for, and he takes another drink. Uh, That is it for us. Season two has begun. We went over Thriller the best we could. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Come back next week. The whole fam is here. And you know what we're doing? This year, season two, three parts. Mm -hmm. Woodstock. Mm -hmm. 69, 94, 99. Next week, we're going to talk 1969. It's going to be Summer of Love. Yes. And we need Evil and Rachel to join us for that. Clothing optional. Versecoursefirst.com at Pod. Come to the website. It is beautiful. Buy some merch. The shirts this year are fucking awesome. Seriously. Go to the website. Take a look at them. They're the like tri-blend, super soft, comfy shirts. Hella comfy. Hella comfy. Uh, yeah. some long sleeve tees now, which are my thing. I fucking love long sleeve tees. Please rate and review us and uh, spend anything else. If you haven't already found us on YouTube, we're not like super there right now, but go ahead and subscribe right we're now. Be. Check it out. We've got a bunch of the promos from season one on there. If you want a little preview of each episode with a link to listen to the episode, check it out. Subscribe. Because I promise you coming up in the near future, we're going to start pumping out some video content on YouTube. So subscribe so that you get the notifications when those start to drop. In a few months, there's going to be some very, very good YouTube content. So you're going to want to be there for that. Sven, I missed this so goddamn much. It was so fun talking about this album with you. Can't wait to see you again next Friday. Everybody, we love you. 
Go listen to Thriller. God damn, is it a fun album to listen to? Oh, holy shit. You know what? No. Mark Kowal. Yeah. Yeah, from Pure yeah. Nonsense Band. That guy. If you're listening, funny story. I was wearing your t-shirt the other day, and someone actually fucking fell in love with it. I literally took it off my back and gave it to that person, and they're checking you out. Wow. I, I'm not going to give their name right now on the spot i'll circle back around i'm sure that you'll hear from them mark or if not they've already downloaded a bunch of your shit so, so hey, send spend another t-shirt apparently he's mark. hawking your shit yeah i need to go find your link to your merch because go to i want another Instagram, fucking man. shirt congrats mark <laughs> you're you good job on your shirt designs i think that's all we got for this week spend i love you everybody else i love you rachel will love you can't wait to see you next week Ta-ta. Oh, I, oh, I, wanna stay right by your side.